Welcome to the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Series Podcast. Each week, we'll learn from leaders who are driving change and making an impact. Now here's your host, the CEO of the Youngstown Publishing Company, Jeff Leo Herman. So we're here with Gary Gladys, a resident, uh, as we both just shared, we're both just Brookfield kids, right? We're just kids from Brookfield. Right. And kids with Brookfield for a passion about our craft and trying to make an impact on the world. So thanks for joining us on the podcast today. If you wouldn't mind, uh, so you and I have known each other for quite a long time and we had Mark Milano just on the podcast, another kid from Brookfield, uh, you know, shared all, all the work he's doing at the Chen Zuckerberg Initiative, but could you give us a broad scope of the things you're involved in, and feel free to to start with your statement uh, around the the views you know here following are not those of the you know. So go ahead. exactly. So so I, I just just to jump in real quick here. I'm currently a deputy group leader of MST7 Material Science and Technology MST7 at Los Alamos National Lab, and I have to say because I work for the government that what I say. Uh, when I'm speaking here, it's uh, not any, uh, it's not on behalf of my employer, uh, Los Alamos National Lab, and the opinions are all my own. Well, it's great to have you here today, and and to, you know to share, you, you you're working on so many cool things, and you're involving. You're you're currently, uh, can I say your location, or are you from working from an undisclosed location, or no? I'm, I'm in. I'm at Los Alamos National Lab. I've gotten okay. all the approvals I need to do this. So I'm at my office right. here at Los Alamos National Lab. Awesome. And that's in New Mexico. Yeah, that's right. Los Alamos, New Mexico. So as a Brookfield kid, did you think, uh, what you what'd you want to do when you grew up? What were you inspired to be, you know, when we were at Brookfield Junior High School? Right. So, you know, during that time, right, in the in the 70s, I think a lot of kids aspired to be in uh, an astronaut. And that, that was me as well. And there, there's yeah. two paths to be an astronaut, right? One, one is to be a jet pilot fighter and, and uh, uh, test pilot, right? And then the other half yeah. is the science route. Right? There's never going to be a test pilot. And uh, the science route uh, sort of is where I got my inspiration from, right? to, to, to go that direction. And was there, I know there was a teacher we've, we've shared that, was it Mr. DeGioia that inspired you? Yeah, absolutely. He, he was a math teacher and science teacher as well, a natural science teacher. Big inspiration for me early on, you know, a, a lot of the foundational things, work ethic and stuff is just from the Shenango and Mahoning Valley, you know, that work that's instilled in you by your parents. But then, then you know, as you get older, you you look for your sort of true north and what you want to do in the rest of your, and he was one of those early on that sort of sent me in that direction. Right. Right. And how did you get to, you know, what, what, what's the quick sketch of, of, you know, where you went to college and then, and your kind of a high level overview of your professional career, which got you to the, you know, Los Alamos national labs today. Sure. Sure. Uh, uh, I went to Youngstown state chemical engineering, had some professors there that were also, uh, Pivotal in what I would have what I have done. Uh, then I went to Ohio University for my master's degree, where I did a work that was sponsored, did uh, research that was sponsored by NASA, um, it's Lewis Research Center up in Cleveland at that time. So that that made me feel good about my uh, 
the direction that I was going technically, but uh, I realized that chemical engineering per se wasn't the direction for me. I worked uh, as an intern at Sharon Steel down in Sharon, Pennsylvania, when I, all, all through my Youngstown State years. And I, I, I guess uh, that and all of my master's degree work was more materials related. And so that I, I took a couple of years off, dropped out of a PhD program, whatever, and, and then sort of came to the conclusion that materials is where I really should should be, right? And so I started looking around for a PhD opportunities. And uh, New Mexico Institute of Mining and Technology down in Socorro, New Mexico, uh, sort of came uh, came up as the winner in that. I, I got to work with Professor Chala, who wrote one of the books that I used during my master's degree. So it, it was just really a good, uh, a good place for me. And Dr. Chala was another one of these pivotal figures in my technical life, professional life that really got me course corrected to a more true north. I always use this true north thing, but it got me to where I had my interest lie and in, in strengths lie. Right. Now, was that was that an obvious path kind of in hindsight? Did it did it all fall together somewhat randomly or did was it there were like a very, you know, a hardcore path that you just followed? Yeah, it was a bumpy road, you know, after my yeah. Um, after chemical engineering and not wanting to pursue a PhD, didn't know what I wanted to do, or, you know, it, it took a lot of thought and, uh, you know, a couple of years to kind of figure, figure out things where I wanted to go after that. So I in, in between my master's and PhD uh, that I finished, uh, I taught at a community college in uh, Parkersburg, mm -hmm. West Virginia. And we, which was a fantastic experience too. So, but it was a securitist path without a doubt and and uh with a lot of reflection a lot of thought uh along the way then yeah. after that i sort oh go ahead no no please can, can no i was just going to go on after after my phd and sort of more into my professional but if you want to stay here for a while that's fine no i'd, I'd like to no i'd like to hear because that it's that path and i agree completely it is circuitous i mean it, it's the best laid plans you know and i think a lot of the successful people you know, every day we all grind, right? But then you kind of put your head up sometimes and look around. And you're like, well, actually, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I got somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so, you know, after that, and even even before I finished, Ashley, I actually wrote, I actually left the university and wrote my dissertation while I was at Youngstown State as a, a professor there for one year. So they, they knew I was getting my PhD. I, 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 make, I keep contacts everywhere. And so they, they knew I was getting my PhD there. They said, hey, how about coming back to Youngstown and teach for a year at Youngstown State in the chemical engineering department, the department that graduated me. And uh, I, I accepted that. And I finished up writing my PhD while I was teaching classes at Youngstown State in the chemical engineering department. And uh, that was a great experience too, just to be back there on the other side of the desk, as they say. Yeah. Seeing yeah. it from a, it, it, I was not so long out that I didn't remember what it was like to be a student there. And uh, yeah, it was just a good experience. Yeah. And so you're into materials. And so something I've learned with a lot of the time we, you know, the time I've spent with the Juggerbot team around materials and inputs to the 3D printing to make 3D printing work. So is, 
is material science, has it, is it, has there been a lot of innovation in that area or is it all pretty well-known things just applied to a new, you know, just kind of a new medium applied to a, a new technology? No, no. Whenever you get a new process, the inputs have to be a little bit different from a material perspective. And I enjoyed your discussion with Slade Gardner about yeah. 3D printing. And, and just to echo one of the things that he said was, uh, was about IP and those first generations of 3D printers. You know, all, all the materials were sort of locked up by the printer manufacturers. So you had to use <laughs> their materials to run through their machines or else they would void warranties. Now that these initial patents are, and IP are expiring, it sort of opened up a whole new world to materials development to people like me starting at X-Link 3D and uh, the folks at Juggerbot who I'm working with on this Army STTR um, to, you know, open up a whole new world uh, of users to 3D printers. Okay. And is that, and is that, are these, um, are we breaking new ground here from a national standpoint? Is it the work you're doing and the work you're doing, you know, partnering with Juggerbot, is that, is that something newer on the scene that you could say we're unique in, in our place in the world? Yeah. So in, in a previous life, when I was a consultant, I, the, the, this whole, industry, this whole niche in 3D printing materials sort of opened up while I was consulting. And I was on a crater with Oak Ridge National Lab, and we were looking at uh, epoxy type materials to 3D print. So they're thermosetting materials. So you don't melt them, they, you extrude them as a liquid, and then they okay. solidify, not by heat, but just by crosslink. Okay. So, so um, on the heels of that, and sort of as a spinoff of that consulting that I was doing on that crata, I spun off X-Link 3D, brought it to Youngstown, and now am uh, partnering with uh, the folks at Juggerbot on this Army STTR that are interested in similar things. Mm -hmm. What drove your decision? You know, you have you have access to national labs. What drove your decision to bring it back to Youngstown? Oh, it, it was, uh, it's the hub of 3D printing, right? It, it's that ecosystem that is there. Right. So even though I don't live there, it is the best place to headquarters uh, a, a, a company like Excellent 3D. Um, it's just the whole ecosystem. America makes, YBI, and Youngstown State. It's just a great place to grow a business like that because all, you know, everyone's swimming in the same direction, right? They're all thinking- right they're all thinking about 3D printing and where to go and what's the next thing. And the Brain Gain is a collaborative effort and we'd like to thank our headlining sponsors, including Farmers National Bank, Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Mahoning Valley Manufacturers Coalition, and Southwoods Health. Also included are Eastern Gateway Community College, PNC Bank, the Moransky Companies, the Mahoning County Career and Technical Center, the Youngstown Business Incubator, Simon Roofing, the DeBartolo Corporation, Youngstown State University, and Junior Achievement of the Mahoning Valley. Here you are sitting in New Mexico at a globally world-renowned national laboratory and there's no better place to do what you're doing in 3d printing than youngstown 
That's fantastic. Yeah, it is. It's it's hard to believe, but yeah, the way the world works, you can live anywhere these days. And um, you know, I, I have an intern from Y. I've had a couple interns from YSU. They're fantastic. I think the entrepreneurship is is present there, and maybe wasn't so present way back in the eighties when I was there. It was more rigid yeah. technology, you know, technical work, equations, you know, solving. And I think these interns that I've had are, are just amazing. They're, they, they have that work ethic of the Valley and they have, and they're inquisitive and they want to learn. And if they don't know it, they'll say, I'll be back. You know, and I'll know, I'll know the answer. They're, it's fantastic what YSU is turning out now. No, that's really good to hear. And, and I think you're right. The, the, this notion of, um, you know, the entrepreneurial culture has always been strong, right? We're, our market is comprised of lots of small private companies. Um, you just do it because you have to, you know, but then the entrepreneurial ecosystem around us, you know, the hustle culture, right? <laughs> it's, it's something that's kind of game, but, but I think it's, it's almost like in our DNA here in this region and that, and that, you know, you, you connect the passion and the desire and the grit to the technical expertise and, and it's a, just a winning combination. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So I guess do you, um, from, you know, sitting from your perspective and knowing that you have a lot of connections into the community, are there any things you see, you observe, you know, because you have a great perspective, you know, from where you're sitting and the, the things you're trying to implement, are there any gaps you see or any, any challenges, like challenges you wish us to overcome that would even accelerate us faster? Well, I, I guess the challenge, and I'm, I'm, speaking from a materials development standpoint in R&D, right? The, the, next, the next big thing is um, big data, pulling big data and uh, uh, predictive analytics into development to shorten those lead times of getting to new materials, which would shorten the lead time to getting new parts and reducing the risk from taking an idea to full production and getting through that valley of death that occurs between, yeah. you know, once you have the idea and you put it together with duct tape and bubble gum, right? And you prove that it can work, you know, it's a big risk to move that to full production, right? You can get the fur, you can get that first part out and pay thousands of dollars for it to get a working prototype. But to manufacture and productionize these ideas, there, there's a lot of risk. So predictive analytics can do a lot in um, reducing the risk across that valley of death that uh, a lot of good ideas that should come to fruition die. Mm -hmm. Well, and that, so there's another word we hear, like I have CNBC on all day long in my office and I hear predictive analytics and big data. Yeah. You know, you hear those are, those are buzzwords, but, yes. but that literally means uh, taking data that we have, you know, case studies, success stories, um, data from things that are actually working or have been tested and then imputing an outcome or a, a success, right? Am I getting there? Am I, am I getting what basically yeah, yeah. So if, if I can go out even farther uh, and, and yeah. just relate it to materials development, materials R&D and, you know, yeah. materi materials design, not designing a part, designing the material that makes up the part, and then eventually getting to a part, the performance of that part after that. So typically the traditional way you do it is called property prediction. So you have a, pro you have 
you have some raw material, you have a process that creates a, a material with structure that has properties. And then you turn that into a part and you get performance. Predictive analytics in a material development standpoint is working that backwards. You start with what you need out of the product and it, 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 it's actually inverse materials design. So you take this processing structure properties performance and you work backwards. And wow. so somewhere in the, so you narrow your choices that you're, that you're spending time on, on the R&D bench top by saying only these few materials can work based on working this problem backwards from this predictive analytics. You need a lot of data. We have a lot of data out there in the world. You need to know how to analyze that data. And then you know, need to analyze it correctly to suit your problem. Right. Okay. Well, I like that, that the inverse model of, of kind of backing, you know, from the outcome focused on the input to get you to a, a, a get you to the inputs you need to get the outcome you want um, yeah. in a more rapid fashion. That's cool. But when you, <laughs> when you think about it, you, you start with a point on the performance side, you know what the part has to do. And then it, in, instead of this forward development where you keep narrowing and narrowing and narrowing, it actually opens up more and more as you work backwards. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, th I think this is a great realistic example of we hear the buzzwords, but I, what does that actually mean? I mean, this is exactly, you know, that's really what it means to be, you know, around creating efficiencies and that prototyping, more rapid prototyping. Exactly. It's getting, but, you know, it comes down to getting uh, products to market faster from benchtop all the way to, um, to full production and then reducing yeah. risk along the way. So, so then sitting where, you know, from your perspective today, uh, knowing you work on materials and you have a good sense of the 3D printing ecosystem, if you have, say, our audience members, they have kids in middle school or high school, um, even in college, what path would you recommend? Like, wh where do you see the future and what, what are the skill sets they need to, say, take advantage of what we call in-demand jobs. So what in-demand jobs of the future do you see and what, what do they have to do to prepare for them? Yeah, it's funny. I interview a lot of people here, not a lot, but I interview some people here and I, I tell everyone I'm for diversity in all senses of that word, no matter what job you've had in the past, no matter, you know, what experience you've had, you know, it, it's the race, gender, obviously, but it's about experiences too. And I think an inquisitive nature and learning from all of your experiences, even if they're unrelated to what you're doing and walking away with, you know, those things that you move forward with in life that help you from no matter how odd that job is, you know, there's something you learn from it. It's something that you carry forward from it. So right. I, I think an inquisitive nature and just um, being open to learning all the time. No, hey, we're we're both, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm in pushing into the 50s, you know, oh, yeah. and uh, I learn something new every day. And if I don't learn something new, shame on me. <laughs> so, right. right, right. Yeah, yeah, no, we definitely are in a continuous learning environment. And then there are a lot, you know, everything from, from firing up a YouTube video to actually certification programs, you know, at Youngstown State, at Eastern Gateway. I mean, the, it's interesting to see the educational, the higher ed, institution, these institutions in higher ed, 
adapt and offer more rapid skill building and, and career, you know, those, what I, they're called like tech or certification stacks, right? So that's kind of what I hear more and more about. So just those are good gap fillers. If you have the desire and the experience and you need to kind of fill in a gap, a technical gap, I think those are great ways to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've not heard the stack term before, but I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's where they say stacking certifications is the future. So you basically, instead of like four year degree and, you know, and then maybe master's or PhD, it's more, it feels more of like a continuous program where you're continually, you know, enhancing your skill sets through these different certification programs. Certifications. Yeah. So I, I'm familiar with that. I have my Six Sigma black belt and that's sort of one, one step on your certification stacking. Yeah. Right? That would be one. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. And that's a big one. <laughs> That's good. Well, Gary, this has been great to catch up with you and, and hear about all the great work you're doing. And the fact that you're really engaged in our community here is fantastic. And we certainly appreciate it. Are there any um, any challenges you'd like to issue to the audience or any anything you want us to kind of pay particular attention to? No, I, I, I just think um, like I'm all for continuous learning, doing your homework, and, uh, you know, making a decision, you know, it's decision making is part of it, right? And making your decision and then moving forward. It, it's like what I do. And, you know, I saw on uh, so, so some of your prep questions, you know, what a famous quote. Uh, it's, I always like to bring up the Miles Davis quote here that says the note you play is never wrong but it's the note you choose afterwards that would make that note right or wrong. Ah. So, you know, I don't see decision-making as good and bad, like falling into two bins. There's a lot of consequences for every decision. You want to keep that, the gauge pointed to the positive side all the time. But um, I always say, don't sweat the decision you just made. Do your homework and start sweating the decisions that, that are coming up. Oh, I like, I, I've never heard that quote, but that's a very, I'm sure I butchered a, it, but that's no, sort of no. the, the gist of it. No, I love it. It's not the note you played. It's, it's the next note that, you know, people will be able to tell if that was a clinker or not. I mean, it's exactly, but just, it's a continuous process. And yeah, you just, um, you know, as they say, like, what, don't be a, or be a goldfish. Right. <laughs> so yeah, right. don't get hung up on the past mistakes. Just keep moving forward. And, right. Because you know. the, the, there's sort of a, a lot of knock on consequences for any decision. And it's never clean, good, and bad. It's always some good, some bad, some fall in the middle. Keep that yeah. gauge pointing to the positive end and move on, move on. Sounds good. Well, Gary, thanks for your time today. Really great to catch up with you. Yeah, it was great catching up with you. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed the discussion. Thank you. All right. Keep up, keep up the great work. All right, thanks. You too. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today because together we're building a culture of entrepreneurship and promoting workforce development. So if you like what you heard, please share it with a friend and leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast player. Your feedback is very important to us. We want to make the show better all the time. And if you would like to give me direct feedback, email me, please. My email is jherr 
m-a-n-n at business-journal.com or you can find me on LinkedIn. And lastly, would love to thank the members of the Brain Gain Coalition. Those headline collaborators include Farmers National Bank, Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Mahoney Valley Manufacturers Coalition, and Southwoods Health. And joining them are members of the coalition, including Eastern Gateway Community College, PNC Bank, the Moransky Companies, MCCTC, the Mahoney County Career and Technical Center, the Youngstown Business Incubator, Simon Roofing, the DeBartolo Corporation, Youngstown State University, and Junior Achievement of Mahoning Valley. Without them, none of this would be possible. So thanks again for joining us today. And remember, together we are building a culture of entrepreneurship and promoting workforce development.